fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi, ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 466. This is the NFL Combine review rather than the preview we're here to talk about what the lions learned at the nfl combine it's official detroit lions podcast for the cool part of reddit you just haven't seen that part yet i am your dashing host chris and with me is my good friend and co-host also quite dashing jeff how are you doing my man there's all kinds of secrets floating around these days, isn't there (laughs) yes yes there is uh, it's good to be with you. It's good to be back home. Uh, I did the show last week from my hotel room in Indianapolis, and it, I, I'm just more comfortable being here in my home office. It's it's nice. I can look out a window. I got it's it, it's nice. And it's, it's, there's yeah, nothing I'm, wrong with a nice hourly rate to kind of help you get the right amount of sleep. You're not getting overcharged when you don't need the room. I mean, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I had a lot of fun down there. It was a great time. I learned a lot. Um, both lions and otherwise, and we're going to talk about some of that tonight. What? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what we're here for. All right, we've got a lot to talk about. We got. Uh, let's see today's show. <laughs> lions free agents. Will anything be done before they're free? We'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about the quarterback carousel. <laughs> Contracts being signed. What's that mean for the lions? And uh, Lamar Jackson oh, talk in a world with Lamar Jackson. Does that play out in Chris, Detroit? You you put the song. <laughs> I I now have the striper song "Free" stuck in my head. For the three of you who've ever heard that song before, you know how bloody annoying that is. It's, oh, uh, it's gonna be a fun night. I'm I'm going on like I haven't gotten more than four hours of sleep in a night in well over a week, so I'm just loopy as hell. So uh, anything goes tonight, man. Let's let's do this. well you can't do it yet i got more to talk about we got ryan hitting lamar right as we talked about lamar we got brad holmes prescribing some hard to swallow pills which this is this is gonna be a little bit of a fun conversation we'll do that and then scott bischoff joins with our combine coverage we are gonna go deep on players from the combine and we have a couple quick announcements we're gonna get in you guys you guys have to get ready we got a lot to talk about a whole lot going on here riz are you ready to go my man Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. People already pushing Riz to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com to get the greatest Delta 8 and other CBD products, Delta 9, and all the other stuff that you need. Um, They're saying uh, Riz might need a gummy to get through this. I need, I need, I don't know, man. It's, it's been a long couple of weeks. It's, uh, it's been a good couple of weeks. Um, it, it's a good, like happy, like kind of tired. Like it's been, mm-hmm. cause I've been productive and I've been, I just need more hours in the day. Yeah. yeah. Legal in all 50 States, cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Take care of your head, or you can just take care of your body without that, uh, that special Delta eight, the other deltas that aren't Delta flights. 
All right, uh, let's see. A couple of quick announcements we need to talk about as we do this here. And uh, hello, everyone in the chat. Thank you for joining. Appreciate you being here with us. Don't forget to hit the like button. We need to say thanks to Nick Stoffers for his subscription. Thank you. And again, thank you, Ryan, for the super chat. That was super cool of you, man. Um, let's see. We get into this. We got to talk about um, 32 team mock draft going on in the Slack. We talk about the Slack all the time. We've got um, an owner for each team we're looking for. We need everyone to get in there. It's on March 25th. It's going to be at 6 p.m. Get into the Slack. If you're not there and you want to take ownership and do a draft, somebody's got to trade with Chicago. We need you there. Uh, hit Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as five bucks a month gets you into the Slack and you can take part in that draft. You can be one of the owners. Potentially, we have some openings there. Uh, and it is in, it's, I think it's the Mock Drafts channel. There's a ton of channels, a ton of information there. So we'll talk about that. Also, I want to announce for all you folks with us, there is a free agent show coming on Sunday. We've kind of, we did a free agent show earlier and then the combine hits and we're trying to cover things as they roll out here. Free agency is busting out next week. I know we, you know, it's on, I think it's Wednesday. We're on Wednesday. We're going to be announcing actual action because it opens up at 4 PM. So we're going to do a show where we go deep on free agents. Who's available, who might work for the lions Sunday night, about seven o'clock. It'll be Riz again, Scott Bischoff and myself, and we'll cover all of this for you. So be ready for the in-depth prep right before free agency. You get three days to think about what we said and curse each of us and love each of us for the, the multitude of, our varying opinions. <laughs> yes. um, um, Loretto. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, just pay attention to the times on that. Um, I, I might have to push it back a little bit later. My daughter is playing in the Spartan Classic basketball game this weekend. If her team makes it to the finals, they'll start at five um, and I'll be in Mount Pleasant and I have to get home. It's a two hour drive. So it might get pushed back a little bit. Probably not, but just stay, stay tuned to, to what's going on with uh, we'll keep you abreast on our social media. You, know, well, I have more you can follow us, your daughter like us on here. You subscribe and things will, th when you subscribe, I get to do fun things in your ear holes. And that <laughs> and you know exactly when I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We know exactly what you're going to do. We know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, Loretto, thank you so much for the super chat. 40 mil will be a mid contract in two off seasons. Like golf is now not paying quarter of 1 billion for Lamar. Yeah. We'll get into Lamar. That's going to be a fun little, uh, little chatty chat, how that breaks down. But first I want to ask, Will the Lions be signing their own free agents? Were they going to break free? What's going on, man? What about Jamal? What about Bugs? What about all our peeps? Riz, it's over. Anzalone is running. Captain Anzalone is hey. leaving us. What's going on? They, they, signed two <laughs> they signed two free agents today. Huh? They brought back an offensive lineman and a linebacker. Isn't that what everybody wants? I'm not sure Ross those though. <laughs> Ross Piercebacher and uh, Anthony Pittman. Anthony. Anthony. Uh, Pittman. He's like the new version of the flu, right? Andre Flew Island. Uh, he's actually been on the active roster for each every game in the last two seasons. He's played in all 17 games each of the last two years. He never plays on defense. He only played on defense, I think, 56 snaps this year. He never leaves the field on special teams, though, and he is one of the reasons why the special teams are very good. Yeah, good point. He was uh, he was an exclusive rights free agent, uh, as was Piercebacher. So they basically like the Lions can say, "Hey, we want you back. You're going to earn the minimum wage and uh, be happy here." And uh, that's what they did. So yes, yes, they have actually done a couple things, but uh, that that's that's not who everybody was like. Nobody was lobbying. We got to bring back Piercebacher, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is actually a, a fairly competent backup center, but 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. That's fine. All right, let's go. Let's uh, let's kind of take a look at this. So, are they going to sign? Let's. One thing I want to do a little piece of perspective for folks. I just want everyone to know that you know the Lions. When did they sign Anzalone last year? It was after the big free agency period. Was after the was it after the draft or before? I can't remember. It was just before. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't. They gave him room to shop. One of the things that they do. I don't want to step on your toes here. They like to let the players see that the market isn't there for them and then sign them back rather than trying to lowball them first. That's something that, and that, that is a John Dorsey tactic. That is also a tactic that the Rams have done very successfully over the years. Okay. Yeah. You, you want, you want to be a free agent. You, you don't like this initial offer from us. Go out there and see if you can do better. Yeah. And they have a pretty good calculus on and feel for where that offer might be. And I think that's happening with a lot of these guys, notably John Kaminsky and Jamal Williams. Kaminsky, a commish. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so. having, having said that, they might sign John Kaminsky in the next five minutes. That would not surprise me either. Yeah, no, no, I, I, you're, I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you. It, and it's, it's, there's, there's conversations where they know guys are going elsewhere or not. Like Anceloni, right? He could sign somewhere else. Is he going to get what he wants? Who knows? There's options and opportunities for these guys here. I'm... I, I know that these these aren't out of control, and I know there's kind of like Anzalone is a great example, a guy who's absolutely said outwardly, I want to play in Detroit again. It's it's probably one of those things. Hey, Alex, look, we're doing our thing before you sign with somebody else. Just talk to us. All right. Let's 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 work. Right. Let's let's figure that out and, and, and we'll see what we right. can make work. Right. And they'll probably have the first right of refusal on those kinds of things. And it's a it's a, a bit of respect that they have for each other. Um, and, and they're not going to stop him from making money, but I think, you know, the situation is such that they're going to make sure that he doesn't slip away as long as it's a, a fair deal that they can all get behind. All right. hundred percent on that. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into this next piece. It's the quarterback carousel. It's, um, it's a fun one to talk about a lot of action here these days. And there's been a uh, lot going on, Chris, the last yeah. week has been kind of crazy on the quarterback front and it's yep. only getting weirder. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I'm going to tell you, you guys know, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. One of the things that I think is really going to be the better way to talk about these prices is by talking about it as percent of cap. That way you can evaluate the cost of a quarterback between now and five years ago. And it's the it, 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 even though it's a $10 million difference in salary, you can actually evaluate what the impact on the team is. And I think, like I said, a lot of people just use the number just like agents do, right? Agents use the number for rhetoric to say, look what I got my guy. Look what I did. Come sign with me. Let me represent you. Just like people say, I'm not paying $40 million for a quarterback. That's insane. Well, yeah, it is. But if you look at that number compared to five years ago on the cap, it's not as crazy as it seems and sounds. It is crazy. I mean, it's a lot of freaking money, right? But y'all think off's going to not get more than 40. That's that's cute. Well, let's see what we got here. We got Geno Smith, superstar, right? Um, just missed the playoffs. Didn't NFL, NFL comeback yeah, player Jeez. of the year. Yeah. He had a career earnings of like $17 million in, uh, he was a 2010 draft? Nine, he, mm, somewhere around He was there, a Brady yeah. Quinn. No, he wasn't Brady Quinn. He was the first quarterback in his class. So that would have been 12? Yep. Maybe yep. 2012. So he's been around a long time, the long and short of it. And he'd never gotten paid. And now he got paid. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. So Gino gets 3,105,000, comes out to about 35 million. And look, there's, there's, there's incentives and things. We're, we're not going to go into all that. We're not going to go into the details of the cap because yeah. frankly, 
it gets to be a calculus equation and it makes it really hard. So just basically Gino's at 15.5% of the 2023 cap. That's where he lands as far as what he's right. getting paid. Uh, Danny dimes, Mr. Jones is at three years, 112 million, all kinds of incentives. We know that this is something we'll talk about, but all kinds of incentives, 37 and a half well, million dollars a year, 16.7% of cap. Go yeah. ahead. I mean, because their cause, cap is lower though, because they took a cap hit. Yeah, so. well, well, yeah, but we're just talking about the total cap number, right? Whatever yeah, a GM I, does I to that. F that up is, is a different kind of conversation besides what you're paying a quarterback. Hello, um, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Carr, four million, four years, a hundred, four million, take it. Four years, $150 million. Again, 37 and a half million, 16.7% of cap again for uh car. And again, there's incentives and other things. And, and we could spend an hour by dissecting these contracts, yeah, but I think that's indicative. So I broke indicative, those down. Right? I broke those down at Lions Wire. I'm I haven't actually looked for it, but I'm sure Eric Schlitt has broken those things down on Pride of Detroit. If you're interested in the more grisly details of how those things work, um, I actually wrote it uh, at Lions Wire. I wrote it today on how you can base what Goff's next contract will be off of those, rather than like what what where the avenue that Chris is going down. So if you want to do that, check it out on Lions Wire. Uh, I spent a lot of time and I actually had some professional help with some of the figures on it. So, and some other things as well. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So the, the, the carousel runs, right. And, and there's this kind of leans towards what are we talking about with golf and where do things go? I really like the smell. And this is kind of something we kind of was leading up to with Vitae last week, the, the whole incentives piece. And they did a lot of that with Danny Jones. That's how they got there. Right. If I remember before, what was it a week and a half ago, 40 million wasn't enough. Right. And now he's at 37 and a half, but those incentives put him over those incentives will put him over. If he earns it with a guy like Goff, I really like the idea of incentives. I love the idea of, of incentives because if he's not performing, he's still a, he's still a capable piece that you can trade. You know, after this year, you still got him under contract. You can trade him. You can still get something for him. You can draft what you need. If you need a replacement, I, I think you have a lot of options. If you put those incentives in place and you don't lock yourself into three years at 200 gajillion dollars for a guy that a lot of people right. aren't as, as confident in, or at least not as confident as I think this front office is in him. One of the things that you want to look at with the contracts is how much of it is guaranteed because mm-hmm. that's how much you're going to be on the hook for. So um, with Jones, uh, Jones deal was four years, 160 million, 82 million fully guaranteed. That's 55%. Uh, Gino got three and fifth, three years, 105. That's uh, what? 35 million a year. Um, yep. 28 million is fully guaranteed. Uh, but also he has a signing bonus of 30 million, that's fully guaranteed. So 58 million, that's also 55%. Uh, Derek Carr, his- 55% uh, of what? This is 224. 105. Got it, got it, got it, got it. 55% is guaranteed of his money, got it. Yeah, and then for Carr, it is uh, 66% of his contract is guaranteed. And that's that's more indicative of where Goff will be looking. So uh, if you're- if you're going to pay him, I think he's going to get at least $42.5 million per year on a three- or a four-year deal, and there will probably be a void year or two on it just so they can spread that out. If you're giving him, let's say you give him four years and $170 million. 
<laughs> and they guarantee hundred million of that. That's uh, like you're on that for four years. Uh, you're 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 going to cost at least twenty five million each year, and you will cost significantly more than that probably in the third and fourth year. That's generally how these contracts are structured. Mm-hmm. That's certainly how cars is. Uh, actually, cars is year two and year three are the, the massive ones. They're only, they're only paying them like one point seven million dollars in salary this year yep. in New Orleans, and that that's probably what golf would do now. Golf golf is a different one because he actually has an existing contract, and it will be an extension. So he will get paid on that, and it will be less of a cap hit initially uh, because they can just give him more money and restructure it in, in ways like that. But uh, you're going to be looking at whatever whatever 100 million of 170 million. Like that's that's a significant amount of cash that's going to be cutting into your percentage. It's going to be pretty close to 16, 17 percent mm-hmm. in that range, and that's uh, that's a lot, man, for for what Jared Goff has been over the last four years. Um, over, for the last then, year, yeah, the last exactly. year is great. For the last four years, not so much. Like so, we to reference the Slack this week. Somebody in the Slack dared me to dared us collectively um, to name twelve quarterbacks better than Jared Goff. <laughs> and so I did it. And I'm like, well, I'll go back three seasons and I can name fifteen. Like, and I rattled them off. Like, it didn't take more than two minutes. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's not difficult. He he wasn't good, folks. The problem so you have having, though having that. The problem is is this yeah. isn't this. You don't have a really good comparator for him. Take you know it's it's again his great year. Carr People say kind of is, but not really. But well, yeah. but I'm just talking I about get, his last it. four years. Right, it was the last year under McVay, which was shit. It was his first year here with no fucking excuse me, no yeah, no targets, no one to throw to. Sorry, I've tricked it in my work. Uh, nobody to throw the ball to. Right, <laughs> I, <laughs> like like. There, there's some real, you know, stinkers in the average. The idea is, well, what about is, you know, and I've heard the, the argument about, hey, well, is what about Ben Johnson, right? If he can't do it without Ben, well, he did it with McVeigh, so that was interesting. But he also didn't do it with McVeigh, so he's not done it with with Ben Johnson, and he's done it. And that's the thing that makes Jared Goff so polarizing because he can and has, and he can't and hasn't, and you don't know what Jared Goff you're going to get, and that's. That's consistency right. and that, that's is the other are, ability, like availability, right? And that's just like availability is important. Consistency is super, super important. And I've, I've kind of, I've taken some time to really, really think about it and understand like how much of this for me is like sunk cost fallacy thinking on, on golf. Right. Um, and I think there's right. probably some of that in there. I mean, I, I can, you know, admit that there's, there's the idea of where we are, what we have and, and where I think we're going. I still think though, I don't know that this year's quarterback class is a standout class that's that is un you know unmatched anywhere cannot be matched in another year right. Um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm I'm you know how I feel about Richardson. I've warmed to him a bit, but I've told you nowhere before eighteen. I wouldn't. I still wouldn't. Even after his combine. I mean, I was looking back, and I'm. Just, I'm like, I'm thinking about this. I looked at last year's combine. All the guys, the rising stock, who made their day. And if you look, Malik Willis is number one. He's the guy who made his money. The combine. And I think about what 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 Campbell said about guys running around in their pajamas and the whole thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just. I I, I can't let the. I saw him. I watched everything he did in the combine. I watched him all season play. I, and I just can't let this little stream like again, the other thing that we saw from um 
I forget his name, uh, from the NFL network, um, Zerline, talking about, well, yeah, you know, the interviews weren't that great. They were fine, right? They were a little bit concerned about Richardson as, as, as to what he was a little bit behind on football. Yeah, he's a sophomore. He's young. I can understand that. I can kind of write that off a little bit in my head. But everybody ahead of that was like, oh, the interviews were great. And we heard just how great Malik Willis was the year before, right? And you can't let that, number one, temper your evaluation of the current guy. I understand that. But also, all the noise around it, trying to separate that shit out to make an evaluation without being influenced by it is so crazy difficult. I saw him miss the, the ball, one of three you know, balls. Okay, does that mean anything? I don't know. They're all in pajamas. It doesn't mean anything. Nobody's rushing. There's nothing going on, right? I mean, this is it's just like, how much do you read into this? Yes, he's fast. Yes, he jumps high. That's awesome. He's trained to be fast and jump high. He's going to be built differently when he plays football. He's still outfasted everybody else, right? Does that mean he's going to out-injure and hit harder? He's literally <laughs> the fastest. He's literally the most athletic quarterback ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and and does that mean he's going to be going faster when he gets hit and he's going right. to be injured sooner? I don't fucking the, know. Yeah, exactly. It's all crazy. How, right? how exactly does that translate to him being good at football? The only thing I will say is for people that are talking about, oh, he can't hit the broadside of a barn. He can't you know fall out of a boat and hit water. His, fresh, his first season starting in the SEC, he had a better completion rate, a better sack rate, and a better touchdown interception ratio than one Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Don't, the, this fallacy that he's not going to get better uh, with with better talent around him, with more experience, with more time in the right situation. Stafford though, did, didn't he? But the, but but Russell the other Wilson part- had a worse completion percentage at North Carolina State his first year. He's a 19 year old kid playing on a crap team that's poorly coached with no NFL talent really around him, other than a couple of offensive linemen, and he wasn't ready for that. And for for everybody that's saying, oh, he's awful, like. Matthew Stafford wasn't good. Russell Wilson wasn't good. Patrick Mahomes wasn't good his first year at Texas Tech. Like, you got to let these guys grow a little bit. Josh Allen was never good at Wyoming. Look at him now. The I don't problem, use him as, as, as an only, example because he's an outlier. Yep. But and the only problem, the only problem is these guys have to be in the right situation to grow. And we've seen players, and oh, this yeah. is where I think so many quarterbacks have been screwed. Quarterbacks that had to grow. They got drafted in the wrong situation in which they couldn't grow. I don't think that's what Detroit is. I really believe Detroit is a place that will grow somebody appropriately. But there's a lot of places like, look, do you want to play defense in Philadelphia if they sign Matt Patricia over there? (laughs) Like, like really? Who's going to grow at linebacker in Philadelphia? Nobody. Nobody. Don't draft a guy you want to grow. How long does Darius Slay stay before the PA demands a trade? He's he's already shopping. I got enough of this crap. I got one of my rings. I'm good, man. I'm out. (laughs) So there's so many different pieces to that and what it means. And so it's just like even Malik. You know, I call him Malik Truthers, and it's funny because he didn't go to the third or whatever. But let's see what he has because I, you go back to the reporting from last year and he was the guy coming out of the combine. He was the number one guy whose stock went through the roof and he was the love of everybody's life. Went in the third round. Let's just, I think there's, there's a, okay, we'll have to see. I'll say a little something on that. That was much more media than from the NFL. Uh, I can tell you, I've heard from people that are employed by NFL teams that, they see Richardson differently than they do Malik. Mm-hmm. That Malik we'll stuff was 
there was a lot of media hype going around that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we, several of us learned at the combine that like, actually it was before even the combine that the lions were never like considering him, like yeah. never considering him. Uh, and anybody who pushed that after, certainly after the combine last year, um, is probably somebody that you don't need to talk about. Like we could look, <laughs> in my profession, I do have to write like, and I, I had to write at his pro day. I had to write, it was a signed piece that Malik Willis states his case to be the number two pick that I think that that was going to happen. I knew it wasn't going to, but I still have to write it. And that's, uh, and that's one of the things that I want to, a lot of us that are in the draft media and you will be seeing more of me in the draft media. (laughs) Uh, no, to me. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, we can say no more for now. Uh, (laughs) a lot of us have to say, we have to present things. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do a mock draft where I mock somebody. I, in fact, I did it this week at Lions Wire, where I mock somebody at a position to the Lions, and I pray to God that they don't go there because I don't have that player rated anywhere near that high. That's just part of our job. So we, like, it's more realistic. I, I said it in the mailbag piece that I did. Uh, what's his name? Lucas Van Ness from Iowa is going to be a top 20 pick. He is not a top 100 talent for me. But in every mock draft I do, he's going to be, you might see him at 18 a few times. Um, that doesn't mean that I want that to happen. That doesn't mean that I'm saying it will happen. And that's, that's just, it, it, that's, that's one of the frustrating parts is that people don't necessarily interpret that very well. Yep. Um, I will be projecting Will Levis to be picked in the top six or seven picks. He's not a top 50 talent to me. No. He's not even the quarterback four for me. And I think I think better. If he's not available, but if he were available, he would certainly be quarterback for him. He would be quarterback three for me if he were. And that gets into the that gets and, into but, where but things I, are going to be, and, though, and the, like the reality of the right. situation is all this conversation. Richardson isn't going to be there to pick for us at six, right? No, and and Stroud, not. who's the guy that I would personally prefer over Richardson, isn't yes. going to be there to pick at stick six, right? The, oh my the, God. There's all the, it's an almost it's a, like a waste of air almost to be having these conversations because they're just not going to be there. And look, I can tell you, and you can agree, you can disagree all you want. Richardson will just I'm just going to throw it out there. Say he goes at three. That doesn't mean he's the third best talent in the draft. It just means he's the third best quarterback and you have quarterback hungry, hungry people. They're going to reach. He may be, he may be that good. And I will happily eat my hat. If he becomes uh, a superstar and all that in the NFL, I just don't see it based on his body of work. That doesn't mean he can't grow. That doesn't mean it's impossible, but the reality is the lions aren't going to have that shot and it's probably not going to be worth it to have most of that conversation. And that, yeah, and that's that's one of the the things that I've been saying on podcasts. And I, I was on the huge show today. I said that too, and uh, people didn't react very well to that. But that's that's the reality <laughs> of the situation. Like you might not like it. Like I I don't like that people put mushrooms and beef stroganoff, but I got to eat it sometimes. That is probably the most profound thing you're going to say all day, my friend. All right. Sure it is. <laughs> By the way, quick shout out. Thank you for everybody who's tuning in from the huge show uh, and, and supporting the podcast um, listeners of the huge show. Bill has been very good to us. We thank him. Uh, and I thank him personally for, for having me in today for a couple hours. It was great. And uh, keep tuning in because you'll hear more of me there too. All right. I, Scott's here. We're running a little long. I want to get into just one thing before we get to Scott, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, sure. 
and let me just bounce into it and we'll cover we'll cover some of these other things. But I've got a case of some hard to swallow pills. They have been prescribed to you by uh, Brad Holmes. <laughs> so uh, get ready. Um, the situation that has come up, uh, it came up from the combine interview with with Brad Holmes. And when he kind of alluded to JMO and a little bit about the work that he's putting in. This is this is a, this is a multifaceted thing. I'm going to I'm going to tell you just straight up right again. These are hard to swallow pills. There are people out there that have reported. Oh, no problems with JMO, right? I'm telling you right now that that reporting is just trying to find something in a relatively slow time to scream about and clickbait you for it, There was and I'm not going to name names. Um you can't find things to write about that aren't clickbait right now. You're not a good. <laughs> well, this is this is remember this is before the combine started, right? So they needed something um, before the actual workouts. The pajamas started <laughs> the pajama party. Uh, so they 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 took it. They needed to whip something up and create something. They they did it. They didn't have anything. They just took it and ran with it. And it kind of tells you a little who they are. And you guys know that I'm. You know, you know I don't mind. Mentioning people's names, but I'm I'm being a better person this year. I'm, I'm good. I'm Thank you for being diplomatic. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I would be diplomatic. I appreciate but. that. I personally appreciate that. <laughs> but I will tell you that they just kind of freaked it. Now, the thing is, is they seized on something that's real, something that the folks in the Slack know. Month and a half ago, I talked about a little bit of Chris Dust there about the concerns on how much work was actually being done. By this guy, he's young, all those things. I There's a couple of ways to think about this, okay? Nothing here is predictive. There were concerns about how much he's going to work. It is one data point. Brad mentioned it. Brad told you. He did say it in the, in the, in the presser. And obviously, it's, it's something that's on his mind. Now, we also saw the video, which came out right around the same time of J-Mo doing, digging deep on that uh, volleyball court in the sand, just working hard. I forget who he's working with. Uh, it was another wide receiver. I can't remember who, but just grinding it, grinding it. And what was he doing? Putting in the work. You have one data point right now, and it's from last season. It's while he was healing, but he just didn't come off as a guy that was putting in the work. We've talked about what the word work and what that means in the building. Um, I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's one data point. Take it for what it is. Take your hard to swallow pills. Don't try to stand up and say, no, no, I want it to be good. I'm a fan or whatever else. That's just, it is. You're being told something that is the opinion of people that matter. Take it. It doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player. It doesn't mean he's not going to work. It doesn't mean that he's going to be anything that isn't great. It's just one piece of data. File it. Don't get defensive. Don't get silly about it. Just own it. Swallow your pills. <laughs> and, As, uh, I love that. And then and then move on. That's that's all I can say. But we are, I, we've known that this is this is a concern since well before Brad said that. You know, it's interesting to me that the same people who will give JMO the benefit of the doubt on that and Brad Holmes the benefit of the doubt on that when you say that oh he 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 can grow out of this he can learn from it. Um, and you don't extend that same courtesy to Anthony Richardson. Uh, just keep yourself, re- remind yourself of maybe where your standards are. Um, Ooh. 
Well, I'd, I'd, I'd ask people to raise them uh, just because I go out in the real world. Well, that would be nice, but I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Don't I, mean, I, st- I still got people. <laughs> I still got people that are arguing that Nicobe Dean should have been a first round pick last year. I just so want to let you know you were wrong in Kellen Moore. That's all that matters. You were wrong in Kellen Moore. All right, let's uh, let's get our guy in here. We got to do. We got to talk. I love Kellen Moore as a coach. <laughs> let's bring in Scott, please. Right, let's get Scott in here. Scott. Scott, I'm sorry to keep Hi, you guys. brother. I'm sorry to keep you sitting there. How anymore. are you guys? We're good. We're good. Can I, you I, hear me? Yeah, we can hear you just fine. Can, can you hear us? I can't. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. I, I cannot hear Scott. You can't hear Scott. Riz. Oh boy. I um. Say something, Riz. Hey. Oh. Hey ho. I just start singing "Stripers Free." That'll scare everybody off. There you go. You get Scott now. Say Scott hi. Scott knows Scott. that song. <laughs> hi, Jeff. Are you there? Hey, Hold Scott. You. Oh, thank God. I was about to start singing "Stripers." That would be bad for everybody. Yes. Uh, I was uh, listening to you guys. It was good. What? No. I was I was listening to your conversation about uh Mr. Richardson. Oh. I know you like him. I know you like him a lot. Like you're 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 the one that kind of started getting me to just take another step and look at the foundational pieces that he has that I was I mean, because like I'd watched him game after game after game, play after play after play, and it having just watched him all season, it was a little bit of a different kind of mindset that I built up and uh, going back and kind of saying, Oh, well, yeah, those are some, some, ba- the basics are there, right? I mean, there's some foundational pieces that he doesn't have to learn. So it was a good combo. Yeah. Some of that ahead. stuff is stuff you can't necessarily teach too, but you guys were talking about um, college passers who struggled in their first year. And the list is amazing. Uh, Jeff, you, you mentioned some of them, but um I will add uh, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott and Andrew Luck and Justin Herbert to that mix of players who were sub 60% passers in their first year starting. Um, Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins were pretty close to that mark. But um, I just think the idea that he's finished as a, a prospect is flawed thinking. That's all. 100%. Fair, fair, fair. All right, let's get into, you know, folks are still a little bit warm about the uh, the combine, and I know we'll co- we'll cover Anthony the Richardson. Same, the same people who want to give Mark Brunel all this credit for fixing Jared Goff, and they don't think that he can work with anything. Come on. I haven't met anyone that wants to give. Ass. I haven't met anyone that wants to give Brunel credit for to get Jared Goff. So that's I want to find that person. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's been a lot of that going on lately. Man, a lot of it going on. What is? What are people drinking? Is it because of the ice storm and the power outage? Have they gone? Maybe. <laughs> maybe they need a refreshing winter pills from from Schwartz. Which, if you if you like licking pine trees, this is really good. Okay, maybe that's what got you in the Brunel talk. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, you did not miss the Lamar talk. We're going to come back to that, though, Ryan. Don't worry. Uh, we just have to move on to get to combine talk. Let's, we need so- Scott is involved in that, too, because Scott is more of a voice of reason on that. He can be our pro scouting director for that. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, combine review. There, I don't know if you guys recognize that there's a couple players that went around and ran around in their pajamas this uh, this last week and uh, surprised the snot out of a whole lot of people. And now everybody is ready to, to bring all kinds of people into play for them that they never would have thought of before. Um, what I kind of want to do is walk through these 
these positions and the position groups and maybe each of you guys talk about your top two guys, why they're your top two guys and where they might land. And even if you want to make one of them, the guy that your top guy and the second guy, somebody that you think would uh, could land with the lions or could help the lions in some way, because I know everybody isn't going to go at six. I don't, I don't think we're going to be chasing down a linebacker at six, but <laughs> we can, or tight, hopefully God, no, not tight not. end. <laughs> um, but let's, you know, there, think there's about not a first round linebacker in this trap. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Agreed. <laughs> Um, so let's just, let's think about maybe one or two guys. And if there's, if there's a guy that you think is really good for the lions, we'll go there. I'll throw some people in the mix along the way. And, uh, some of them will be red herrings just to, to elicit some, a reaction, but we'll do our thing like we usually do. So Look at you being John Dorsey. <laughs> um, I'll tell Brad, uh, let's get into it. Let's first start with the defensive tackle position. <laughs> oh man. So we think about DT. Uh, those guys are out there and I believe defensive tackles, they went on Thursday, didn't they? They were the first group. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Our defensive tackles, defensive linemen. Sorry. I, I, I went position specific <laughs> just cause my head's in a specific place. Uh, <laughs> so defensive linemen, they went day one. Uh, boy, those were some of the fastest guys in the 40 out there in the combine for sure. For sure. It was, it was fun to watch them and then get into some of the quicker guys later. Cause it really gave kind of that and then end with the offensive line, right? To sandwich the, the faster guys in between the big guys was a little bit of fun. Um, let's go. Scott Riz has been talking a lot today. Let's give his, uh, his larynx a rest and talk about who on the defensive side of the ball, defensive line stood out for you at the combine here. Uh, Kalijah can see, I know he just ran the 40. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I mean, it's it's tough to say he had a great combine when he just he ran the forty. But you know, uh, Jeff, I don't know what you think of him. I think he is he is impossible to block just because of his lateral quickness, and he's just he's so slippery. And I think that um, in a scenario where you know, just considering Lions stuff. Uh, having him play as a three technique with bugs on the field or McNeil as a one, um, you're really you'd really be doing a nice job of isolating the defensive end on Kansi's side of the field into one-on-one situations just solely because of how quick he is. And I mean, man, is he like he is so quick. Uh, the 40, the 40, I don't think matters all that much for, for interior defenders. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's more, you know, when you look at the quickness, I know he's got short arms. So there was, there's people going to knock him a little bit for the short arms. He's got really short arms, like the shortest arms of any defensive tackle ever. Yes. (laughs) But I think in some ways it may help him because he's so quick that he has heavy hands and he's and you know the ball is snapped and he's and he's in the gap already and you know if you just think about like from a from a bench press movement kind of a thing um it's easier to bench with shorter arms so the fact that he's explosive enough to penetrate gaps very quickly and then he has short arms in which you know there's not a lot of movement to make there he is to me. He's just a nightmare to, to to try to to try to block. Simply put, so he, uh, you know, I know he just ran, so we didn't see any vertical numbers 
Um, we didn't see, you know, the broad jump or any of that kind of stuff. But um, I thought he looked great uh, for what he did. And uh, Brian Brisset was a little – was eye-opening uh, in some ways. Forced you to go back and watch a little bit just because he was a little more athletic than I thought he was going to be. And he looked a lot more fluid in the drills uh, where he was running around bags and that kind of stuff where you could see him – he looked different than a lot of the other defensive tackles. Um, turning, uh, flexibility, uh, some looseness in his in his hips, that kind of stuff. Where you know, um, those are the two guys that I thought were intriguing to me. Obviously, both. I think Canty's going to be a first round pick. Brisset likely will be, um, should be, likely will be. You know, could right be. in that range. Could be. Um, yeah. But the I thought own, both those guys looked okay. I mean, there were others that looked good too, but those guys kind of stood out to me. Yeah. Amongst interior guys, the only split faster than Brisset was Kansi. And those are the top two guys in the yeah. splits. I mean, that's. That makes sense. That I'm makes busted. Sense. That's what I looked up. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Chris? Okay. I know. So I was, I was in, I was in Lucas Oil Field for these. And I will say with Brisset, the big thing was, was that his first, his first go through in each drill wasn't good. And then he like, it, it like clicked for him. And like his first, his second time going through the bags, his second time doing the, the ring drill where they're running around and they have to pick up a towel with one hand and drop it with a, a towel in, in, a, in a different ring with the other hand. Like the first time he did that, it wasn't good. The second time he did it, he was the best guy to do it. Uh, he, his, his second vertical leap was a lot better than his first one. It was an interesting thing to watch. Uh, but but he's he's certainly athletic. Uh, I'm not his biggest fan just because I'm I'm not a great fan of his tape. I think it's pretty inconsistent, and I think that a lot of the things that he doesn't do well aren't necessarily things that can be coached, and that that sort of scares me. And I have another guy that I'll highlight later on that. But yeah, so the guys that I I thought um, uh, Coburn from Texas was a very impressive athlete for a large man, uh, and he also he did very well in that that whatever I forget what they called the towel. It's a towel drill for those of us that were there. <laughs> he did really good in that for a, a giant guy. Now his game tape is somewhat uneven and he probably doesn't pass the no turds clause for the lions, but he's an interesting player. Nonetheless, uh, the other guy that I really liked was Keanu Ben. And this comes yeah. from being standing in front of his interview podium and he said the word grit no less than five times. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I'm standing, I'm standing next to one of the lions, one of the lions beat writers that's down there from the Detroit-based guys. And I just look at him. He's like, "Did they plant this for him?" And he's like, "No, man, this is just who he is. Yeah. Uh, he's a very good athlete, not a great athlete, but good enough. He is your nose tackle that can penetrate. He is." He can play the same way that Aleem does, but he can also do things a little bit differently than Aleem's. And that is a guy, so we'll, we'll cycle back to when Dan talked, and he said that there were four guys that he put check marks next to of the 30 to 35. I know factually that Keanu Benton is one of those. That's, uh, that's, all, that, that's a big feather in his cap. It doesn't mean that they're going to draft him. doesn't mean that he won't get overruled by other people, but Dan, Dan saw the grit. Yes. All right. I want to ask uh, about and, and the thing about um, uh, Benton. 
uh, that, that's really interesting is, you know, if you think of his three cone and his, his 20 yard shuttle, right. His shuttle, they, they, he was, he was really, really good at both of those. Uh, very, very interesting. I want to talk about two guys or, or that were at senior bowl in the, in the defensive uh, spot. One of them is Isaiah Foskey came into senior bowl, super, super high stock. I got to tell you, he's dropped for me significantly. He just, he didn't, he didn't pop at senior bowl. He didn't pop at at, at the combine. So we're talking about playing and we're talking about pajama time and neither one of them were really something special for him. He was supposed to be, he was supposed to be the guy he, you know, when it counted, he didn't show up in my mind. Um, The other guy I'd like to talk about, I mean, Van Ness is a guy they talk about a lot, but this is a, there's a guy that was at the, uh, the senior bowl at a Baware and, and Riz, you know, we watched him just basically murder people. Right. Um, Is this a guy that's going to fall a little bit and come into line of sight for the lions potentially? And is this a guy the lions might look at? Cause everything I saw him do, I was just swooning and, and, and I felt a little lightheaded. Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> you should you should feel a little lightheaded as an edge player. He is uh, he's going to get knocked because of uh, some length issues. Uh, at, I, I want to say he was like six two and a half and two hundred eighty two pounds or whatever he was. But his ability, his movement ability, and the urgency at which he plays, all of that stuff is um, it's lights out now. There are there are elements where Northwestern did jam him inside, and you could see him kind of get washed out against the run. But I don't know that you're doing that uh, with him as a closed end and just a a, a power end. Uh, a guy who who will have no issue setting the edge and just kind of running around with his hair on fire. Uh, to me, I, I mean, he's one of the guys of all of the defensive ends. He was the most impressive uh, from a combine perspective, but he's had such an incredible uh, draft process to this point. He was great at the senior bowl. You guys were there. You saw it. Um, to me, he was <laughs> the, the workout was great. The only knock is a little bit of length stuff, but you know, uh, yeah. is he a player at 18? I don't know. Uh, I think he's going to rise to the pro. I think as it's one of those things where I think media is not caught up to where he is. Uh, the NFL likely likes him more than we know at this point. So it shouldn't agree. surprise us when he does go in the back half around one. And I'll tell you, and Riz, before you jump in on that, the one thing that, and, and some people are talking about Van Ness tonight, we can, we can, we can go there if we want. But the thing that I, I kind of think about is just with our cornerback situation, and even if we draft one, right, no one's, no one's drafting Sauce Gardner this year. I just, I mean, that's such a, such a unicorn to be able to do that and to have an expectation that you're, you're going to you're gonna do that. To get another edge out there that can put that kind of pressure on, helps your cornerbacks as they develop, just makes you so much better in the secondary. And it, it, you guys can tell me that lightheadedness is getting to me, but it just feels so much easier to hit on a guy on the edge than it, that's going to make a difference immediately than it does to hit on a cornerback that's going to make a difference immediately, Riz. I will just say this. The Lions feel they have that guy in Josh Pascal already, and that was made abundantly clear in, in Indianapolis. 
both on and off the record. They love that guy. They think he is a 10-sack-a-year guy next year. So keep that in mind when you're evaluating the edges. They think they have two rookies from last year who are 10-sack guys, and one of them made James Houston, who was phenomenal when he did get on the field. Can you talk shit about him again, Riz, just to set him up for this year? Probably That's should. one of the reasons why I, <laughs> I'm not sure he's in play at 18 because I think he's redundant a little bit to what they already have. Yep. But yeah, the game, his, his game a, is similar to Pascal, and it's it's also similar to, to what John Kaminsky offered. Now, he's more dynamic yes. athletically than John Kaminsky, and if they don't bring Kaminsky back, maybe that's maybe that's where that role comes in. But then you also still have Romeo Okwara, who is also that guy. Um, at least he's on the roster for now. We Chris and I talked yeah. about that last week. Um, I still believe that one of Romeo or Charles won't be on the roster soon, but I don't know that yet. Uh, but they are, uh, again, I, I, I really have, I cannot oversell how much the defensive coaches in particular really, really, really like Josh Pascal as a guy who's going to be like trumpeted as a, a double digit sack guy next year. They they so absolutely believe that when that they drafted happen. him. It was when they drafted him last year. I was super super happy about it, and I seemed like it seemed like yeah, I was too. The people I was <laughs> I was with nobody else was, and I just you know I understand why they're looking at him because he went to he Kentucky is. and he was hurt. <laughs> I guess so, but like just watch, you know. I mean, he is. Uh, yeah. He I thought it was awesome. He's he's really he's good, folks. Pick. I. I'm not as bullish on them on him as the Lions are, but I I, I like the pick and I, I like his potential. I do. There you go. Hey, we saw someone uh, and I, I, you were on there and I lost your chat. Sorry, um, saying you'd like that villain shirt. Go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com/store, and we've got that new villain shirt looking uh, looking sweet for you. And I'm going to tell you, uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of new shirts dropping in the next couple of weeks. We've got an artist uh, that's doing some amazing work for us. Uh, we've got a winner. On our nickname for the offensive line, we'll have a shirt to give to that person as a winner with their name of the line coming out next week. It's going to, it's, it's, it's top shelf. It's top shelf. So some good shirts coming. Villain shirts there. Now there may be a couple uh, new versions of that coming as well, but it's a pretty sweet looking shirt. Mine's showing up tomorrow. And then, um, yeah, the one I can't talk about. And then everyone wants Swaggy sign. I'm telling you right now because the shirt for Swaggy is top freaking shelf. And you'll, you'll, you might see him wearing it. All right. So let's go on to the next positions. Let's get into cornerback, uh, defensive back. Yeah. See, I, I belie my, my intentions every time. Uh, we'll talk about <laughs> defensive backs. Scott, I know you're heartbroken because of uh, the tweak in the hammy that Witherspoon had. How did you endure the rest of watching this trash level cornerbacks run the 40? Um, orange slices and fetal spooning. Yeah, yeah, that works. That really, works. <laughs> you know, I, that, there's really that's orange. the best way to overcome things. Orange slices. The, it's it's so such comfort the fetal food. Fetal spooning was really good. <laughs> uh, no, I, I kind of saw that coming. To be honest with you, I you know I I thought he would play that um, way in heavy kind of heavier kind of game, and I mean I know. I think their pro day is what Friday. So um, it is. You, you would hope yes, that. Yeah. He's so I mean, it's not like he's either. got a, a big turnaround time there. So I hope, I hope that um, he runs well, but I, I worry 
I think he is a little stiffer hipped than, um, you know, I think he's trying to hide some of that stuff. So, uh, you were right about I, I coming Deontay in heavy. Right. I think Go what ahead. you said, I think what you said in your video about Witherspoon coming in heavy, right. And then going to drop it for the 40 later. I think that's exactly the game he's playing here. I think cause it's, it's a hammy. If it is a hammy, it does not yeah. heal to run the 40 that fast. I'm sorry. Right. I, I'm, I'm so, absolutely sorry. That is not real. <laughs> and if he does weigh in at like 181 pounds, truthfully, maybe he plays in the mid one seventies, maybe. And at 5'11 and 170 pounds, you're small. And then you look at the way he plays. I mean, he is a missile. Um, you know, at six, it's just rich. But at 18, okay, that's cool. Because he fits perfectly what they're trying to do. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not difficult to evaluate him as a player. It's pretty obvious the way you would use him. Um, I love watching him play. It just I think at six, it's just too it's just too soon. Um, the guys that I, I, I that stood out to me, uh, Deontay Banks, I didn't mm-hmm. expect him to test the, as well as he did, and I really liked him too. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, um, you loved his game and thought he was going to be a good athlete, but he's an elite athlete. So now go back, you know, take a peek. Um, maybe change a little bit of your perspective on, on, uh, I mean, you, you know, presented with new information, it gives you the opportunity to look at things a little differently. Mm. Um, Absolutely. he's very explosive. I was, I was a little surprised. Um, and Joey Porter Jr. I don't think he did anything great, but running and running sub four or five for him is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. because of the length and, and the way he plays. So those are the two guys I think, you know, to, for me, I, Porter would be my first corner if I was, if I did, if I did things, I just don't, I don't necessarily do rankings like that, but um, I thought those, those guys look good. I know there were others, but those, those two to me had good days for them. Yeah. Banks was fast and he was high. I mean, his vert was pretty, pretty sweet. It wasn't, it wasn't Anthony Richardson, but it was, it was a pretty sweet guy looked good. Banks was great. So I, I will share the, the Tay bank. He goes by Tay now. Um, at his podium interview, he was, he absolutely exuded Dan Campbell kneecap biter. When he was asked what his best attribute was in, in coverage, he's like, I impose my physical will on the receiver and kick his ass. Like there is not a better Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn answer than that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's got the athletic big he's got big hands he's got great hair there is so much to like about him uh he might be my favorite pick at number 18 now if they don't go corner at six uh and just just to go back to witherspoon real quick everything i heard from nfl is that he's not a top 10 player but that 18 is in play 24 to 32 is probably more where he's in play just because of his size uh, because yeah. he is coming from a scheme that one of the things that's endearing about Witherspoon is that when he gets beat and it doesn't happen often, he he he's very quick to to flip the switch back in, in your short memory, which is what you want. Mm-hmm. But there are instances where he gets beat when he is tra- when when the receiver transitions out of him his range or he he needs help. He gets lost in that fudge zone a little bit sometimes. 
Uh, and that was pointed out to me by by an NFL team scout, and that's uh, that's a little bit concerning. If, if you go back and, and look at it on tape, uh, specifically watch the Michigan game, uh, it did happen to him a couple times. So he, he's not – I don't think he's in – I don't think the Lions are taking him at six. Uh, would they take him at 18? I still think they would, yes. But I, I think Deontay Banks – y'all need to watch and learn Deontay Banks because he is certainly a candidate at 18. Yeah, it's six uh, foot tall and with a vertical like that and his speed. I mean, he's got those those key athletic attributes you want at a cornerback position. He's got them all in spades. You know what I mean? I will, I will yeah. tell you, watching him on tape and listening to him, he reminds me of Jerry Jacobs. He has oh. that kind of dog mentality to him. There you go. It was really easy. That's, like that's him, his game that too. Way. Like that's the way he plays. So yeah, it's hard to see it. Sometimes it's hard to see this. Like I didn't see him really um, have to. Uh, so in hindsight, I didn't have to, you didn't see him do a lot of catching up or make up ground, um, to, to show off his speed likely because he wasn't getting beat because of this elite athleticism. And it's just so smooth and fluid that it was a touch hidden for me, but loved him. Loved, loved his game. I just thought he would be in the, I thought he was in, I thought there were, uh, three between Gonzalez and Witherspoon and Porter, and then he was going to be like right in line in the next tier. And I think he's very yeah. much in that first tier. I would agree with that. I, I I definitely do, especially especially after being the person who was assigned to transcribe Christian Gonzalez's interview, and I had to stand in front of him for fifteen minutes and then listen to the thing. And I'm not good at transcribing. It took me an hour and a half to do it, and just listening to his tone and his voice. Uh, Look, I know he's he I know it? he's very popular. I don't think he is an Aaron Glenn type of cornerback mentality wise. I didn't I didn't get no. that. In fact, I came away from from being there and listening to him and the way he talked about things thinking he's probably not helping himself in Lions eyes. Was was my takeaway from it. I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong on that. That was my takeaway from it and I'm not the only person that thought that that was there. Now, is he talented? Absolutely. And is he a bad dude? Yeah. Heck no. He's a, he, he's a great – he is a good interview, and he's a good guy. But he, I, there, were, there are more questions now when I go back and I watch things on tape that I didn't necessarily like about him before. And after hearing him talk, they sort of are magnified for me. And uh, I – having said that, I mocked him at number six in the last mock draft because <laughs> that, we talked about that before. Before you came on, Scott, that we have to do things that we don't necessarily agree with. Um, I, I can't rule it out, but I, I yeah, I, I to would me he's always very prefer passive. Banks to him. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think Gonzalez is a very passive player. Um, I worry with him about the competitiveness. Like you, he pattern matches so well, and he stays in 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 really good tight coverage for long periods of time. And then is totally cool with passes getting completed when he's in perfect position. And it's like, I wonder, like, how do you dial up somebody's competitiveness? I don't know how you do it at this at this point. Grit, man. Maybe that's grit. But we need grit in this team. He needs needs a grit hat. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Riz. Oh, that'll do it. (laughs) Next time you have to do a transcription. Send it to me, and we'll see who can do it faster. Because I, I guarantee okay, you can send so, it to me, and I'll return it to you faster than you can do it. 
I have to give Dave Burkett some credit. He showed me that on my Android phone, there is a your voice recorder app mm-hmm. that's on there. There's an in-house Android thing. Does text talk to text? Now you have to edit it because it's wildly wrong, but at least gives you the idea of like what, what the basis is. Trust so, me. I got you, you brother. I got you, brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let, move let me, on. Anyone? Let me get to my corner. Let me no, get you my don't get back real quick. You don't get a cornerback. No, just go ahead. <laughs> He's not a guy that's a first or second round pick. He might not even be a, a third round pick, but a fourth, fifth round pick. Keytrail Clark out of Louisville is a guy that stood out to me in his interview and the way that he handled himself. Look, was not a great athlete, but I thought I thought his drill work was a very impressive thing for a slot corner. Not, he's not necessarily the fastest guy, but he is a he is a pure slot corner. And I will quote my quote my guy, Browns Wire editor Corey Kinnon, who also does a very good draft podcast that you should check out, said there he's never seen in covering the, the league as long as he has a cornerback who attacks a screen pass better than Keetrell Clark. And I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what, Corey, you might be onto something there. And he you, when you watched his workout, the specific oppositional drills. You saw some of that. So that's a guy that I'm interested in because the Lions do need a slot, uh, especially if uh, if Will Harris goes bye-bye. They got to have one. He, he'd be a good one. Be, and, and, it, and that's one where you, if you take a, a, an outside corner in the first round or you take an outside corner in free agency, you can get him third, fourth, fifth, probably fourth or fifth round based on the way he tests and the way he measures. And he can play right away. Uh, at least I think he can. I'd like mm-hmm. to see it. So that, that, that was one of my winners from – the later portion he, of the he definitely killed the shuttle um nothing impressive otherwise in the in in the drills yeah. but and he's 510 so yeah he definitely looks kind of like slot his his vert was a little little bit lacking but um definitely yeah he, he's not, he's not a great athlete make no question about that yep, yeah yep yep i like him though all right so fine riz got his uh his defensive back in let's move on to kicker no uh <laughs> we're not talking kickers right we're just we're can i can on. i just say I, I so i also did um i stood in front of jake moody for a very long time he's not a kneecap biter <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's because he, he values kneecaps uh, let's, <laughs> let's get to the offensive line. He's, he's a good, he's a good guy. He's a fun guy, but I'm not sure that he has the kneecap biting mentality. If you want that from your kicker. I mean, I'm not sure that that's very important for a kicker. Um, yeah, let's get, uh, let's get to the offensive line and tell me why Osiris Torrance is going to be your next door neighbor, Scott. <laughs> do I have to do that? <laughs> no, I don't know, don't. man. <laughs> No, there were there were two, mm-hmm. um, like Jeff said. Uh, this is one of the guys who stood out to me, who I liked during the season. Uh, not going to be an early pick at all, right? Uh, a guard only, likely will never play tackle. Um, even though he did play a little tackle at Ole Miss, is Nick Broker. Mm-hmm. That's my and guy. <laughs> boom. Um. I think he's an average athlete, but but he's versatile yes. enough and did enough at Ole Miss that you know. And then you watch him move, and he had a really good workout for, you know, what I thought he might do. And um, I know he's a touch undersized, 
But I think if you play him in small areas, like as your right guard, you probably get something there. And, and I don't think it costs you more than a, a pick in round four kind of thing. And I know they don't have a pick in round four, but you know what Come I'm on. saying? Like That's it, this isn't a, a premium guy <laughs> that you have to, you have to invest a lot in. And the other one for me was Darnell Wright. Um, and there's a whole conversation that would go about uh, selecting him and what that would mean and why you would do it because you'd have to do it early. And it's not, I don't think it's something that you'd want to do. Um, they they need to find an inexpensive option at the right guard position, and drafting Darnell Wright would not be that. But no, he not. may offer you the ability to play right tackle down the road and to kick Penny Sewell over to left tackle, which kind of solves a future conundrum um, and a current one by because I think he can play guard, and you know. I, I just think you watch him and you watch him lock up Will Anderson and you look at the workout and just what he is as a player. He's intriguing. There you go. Uh, tell me why you were so impressed with the Nick broker vertical Riz. Yeah. <laughs> he was, you know, it's funny. I was in the building when he did it and I, no, actually it wasn't. I was, uh, I, I, so, um, point of reverence. I was in Indianapolis. I was not there Sunday. I didn't. I didn't even watch any of the, the offensive line drills. So, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't he, tell you what he did. But I will tell you, he, he did he better than Osiris Torrance. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, that's that's not surprising. <laughs> Osiris is not a guy who is ever going to win a dunk contest. No, no. It's just it's just who he is. I like Nick Broker a lot, a lot, Scott, a lot. <laughs> I really do. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, that that is because normally, from our history together, we generally don't see things the same way. So when we both yeah. agree on something, we it's probably something that that people watching the podcast should probably take note of, uh, because yeah. generally one or one of us is right on something, <laughs> and if we're both <laughs> on it like that. That that's kind of fun. So uh, yeah, I, I like Broker a lot. Um, I'm trying to think a guy that that I saw um, do do some stuff, and I, I I checked his film a little bit because it was pointed out to me that the Lions had had interviewed him formally at the combine was Nick Saldaveri of Old Dominion, and I'm not the biggest fan of his tape, but this is a guy who you're drafting in round six or seven to be your backup center, backup guard who can reliably come in and play either spot. Uh, I don't think that his athletic testing was that great, but he he does play with fierceness and and tenacity and that sort of grit level. Uh, and and uh, so he's a guy, and I should probably look up his, his numbers, but uh, he's a guy that, that was, was pointed to me that I should probably take note of if I'm a Lions guy, so... Yeah, take that for what it is. Um, again, that that doesn't mean that they're going to take him, but it means that they're probably looking. Uh, so yeah, um, the other guy. I like that they're looking at that level of guy, though. Right? Yeah, like, and and let's. Yeah, the other guy that I'll point out is a guy that Chris and I interviewed in Mobile, Richard Gurridge. Gurridge, yeah, uh, from Florida, uh, and one of the things that I'll say about him was was that. I I was there when he was doing something. Oh, I saw him warming up and practicing the 40 
in the hallway in the Indiana Convention Center, which is where most of the stuff happens. It's across the street from Lucas Oil Field. And there's a, a lot of the, the the big testing, like Exos and uh, all those places. They, they will have the guys warm up. And I saw Richard warming up and, and doing his thing. And I'm like, he looks more athletic now than he did when his handshake crushed my hand in Mobile. <laughs> he, he took your whole forearm, Riz. <laughs> he, he did. His, his fingers yeah, went up to here, man. It was, like, it, was, it was like shaking hands with Lomas. It really yeah, was. Yeah. And Richard Gurridge could be your sixth offensive lineman, and he's a sixth or seventh round pick. They do need that sixth lineman. They do use it a lot. He fits because he can move. He can engage in space. He's smart. We we certainly were impressed by his intelligence, Chris, when when he when he sat down and talked to us. Uh, so uh, again, not not anybody that that's early, but uh, I, as you know, as Scott knows this about me. Day three of the NFL draft is my favorite day of the year. I love that day because that's when you find out who's done homework and who's just BSing their way through it. And uh, yep. I pride myself on knowing who those guys are. Scott does too. Uh, in fact, <laughs> we watched. You got teams who are just crossing names off of a list of somebody else that's compiled it, and and other yeah. teams who have really done the work. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, that, that's a fun time. So um, I'll, I'll give it up to Richard, and it's not just because we interviewed him, because he did legitimately impress me at how much more lithe, limber he looked in the hallway in the convention center than he did uh, at, in Mobile, where I thought he did okay. I think he was great. I think he was okay. Yeah. He's draftable. He's uh, look. If you think Richardson is a guy, and these are completely different worlds that you can coach up and think it's going to get better. Courage is exactly that same kind of guy at a different position. He's a guy that he's yeah. going to grow. He's going to get bigger, and and he's going to get a lot better. He's he's definitely one of those great kind of developmental players that you pick up, like you said, for for your sixth offensive lineman. That kind of role. Courage is is, and he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a smart cat. He does, and he knows what's going on. I think. I think he's a good pick. I think Broker is the same thing. He he needs to get stronger, but you would expect does. him to get better with the coaching the Lions can offer to him. And in that vein, uh, he is intriguing. Yeah, I would say he could walk right in and be Evan Brown right away. Yes. Yes. Ooh, yeah, because he's that's... very athletic. That's big. That's yeah. big stuff there, Evan Brown. Evan, he's a starter Evan, Evan somewhere is, in this Evan league. Evan is going bye bye, folks. <laughs> yeah. Evan's going to get a lot of money this off season, and God bless him. I, I wish him somebody should but be the starting him as a center. He yes. will be starting this year, and a be. lot of credit will be. <laughs> goes to Hank Fraley for his work and getting that kid coached up. I mean, they. I know. Yep. I know. Hank loved him. I know. You know. He was. He was the right kind of grit. The right kind of mindset. Super coachable and talented kid who 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 has now earned himself somewhere else. I, as you know, Lions fans get used to that. That's what's going to happen when you have a good team, right? You you develop people and they oh. go and they do well and they sometimes they have to leave, but that's okay. It's all right. All right. I'm going to move on. Did, did we mention Darnell Wright? I'm sorry. I was I was doing a little producing yeah, in yeah. there. Okay, Scott yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. thank you, thank you, yeah. Scott. Because your your guy, yeah, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing like he's, I said. I was doing a little production work, and I missed I missed yeah, that. But he's he's, he's so beast. solid, and I just yeah. think that he offers you multiple fixes for two different potential problems. It's just he's going to cost you a little on the front end. He's going to cost but, you at eighteen. You, know, you got to yeah. get him at eighteen. Yeah, you do. 
Yeah. But you look at you throw on the film and you see him lock up Will Anderson and you think, okay, that's good. By and, the way, Will Anderson uh, mentioned him by name. Like he, one of the the pat questions is, who was the best guy you faced? And and Will Anderson did not hesitate. He he said Darnell Wright immediately. Yeah, and he yeah. played he some locked dudes down in the SEC. Yep, I yeah, just did. yeah. I I think um, just watching what he did watching what um what he did at senior bowl just i mean he basically took up defensive linemen and placed them in the back of a, an ambulance one at a time he ate when when he was <laughs> when he was blocking he was five yards down the field and and the running back was like catching up to him right i mean he the holes he broke open guy was incredible just incredible i, I, I feel it. like he's one of those guys with those huge hands that it, once they get latched on the play is over mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of making sure that you put him in position to do those kind of things. But I think if you look at him playing right tackle um, and then you kick him inside at least for a year or two and I and make it a little easier for him, not having to worry about getting beat with speed outside and just having to deal with power, I think he'd be just fine. Yeah. He reminds uh, you know, me if anything, of... Go ahead. Okay. I can't think of who he reminds me of. Well, let's, <laughs> he let's reminds move on. me of okay. the. He reminds me of the the tackle at Notre Dame that the Cowboys moved inside to guard, and his name is escaping me. Martin. Yeah. Zach. He reminds Martin? me of him. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Not Nick Martin. Not not the weak center. Who I think is actually yes. his brother. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Zach Martin, <laughs> the good the good Martin brother. Uh, he reminds me of him. All right, uh, Mike Hodges, quick question. Do you think more premium media phase will come here? San Jose staff has turned into key contributors. Yeah, absolutely. We are a destination. I'm telling you from inside the building and outside the building, but inside other buildings, I guess. I don't know how to say Whatever. The Detroit is a destination. They are abs- people are absolutely looking to come to Detroit. Period. We've talked about that before in the in the podcast. This is that's a a big change, and how big a change it's been in the last two years is is actually really really impressive. What yeah. this this coaching staff has done. All right, let's move on to running back. Um, I know Riz, you're a huge proponent for uh, running back at number six overall. I mean, if it's not running back, it's off ball linebacker. But let's go with running back right now. Uh, who you got? <laughs> I think he's so I when he's when my a, kids uh, are playing side. sports, They're the bullshit. When my kids are playing <laughs> sports. I have a little sheep. It's like a a plastic thing. It feels like a pencil eraser. That's my stress sheep, and I squeeze the bleep out of that sheep, and I'm missing my sheep right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you ever right. see me carrying around a sheep at a at a Zealand, New Zealand? Um, a Zealand basketball game. Uh, that's my stress sheep. And my kids make fun of me for knowing to it. Yes, they're not taking a running back at six. Uh, my guy that I like is Jameer Gibbs. I love Jameer Gibbs. I think he is worthy of not 18, but like if they traded back to 26 or if they traded up to 35, I would love Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. What can he, yes. to me, he is what Lions fans want DeAndre Swift to be so desperately. And I'm much more confident that he will be that than I am that Swift will ever be that. So the knock always on Alabama running backs is the snap count they've had. And and to be frank, I'm not sure what kind of snap count he's had 
at Alabama? Have they have they run the dog out of him, or do you think he's got some no. some longevity? No, because he was at Georgia Tech two years ago and then transferred to Alabama, and they didn't really feed him all that much last year. He sort of, I don't want to say he split carries, but he was more of a pass-catching uh, weapon who who ran the ball a, a little bit too, but he's got a lot of tread uh, left. I see, I know people. a lot of people have compared him to Alvin Kamara. Um, to me, it's more Jamal mm-hmm. Charles, where give him Ooh, a little like lane that. and – you know, uh, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> uh, I think he's got similar numbers yeah. to what Javid Best had coming in. Um, I don't think he's quite as explosive as Best was, but but he's a fantastic running back. He he really is. Uh, and an incredible prospect for where the NFL is. Yes, yeah. just very much so. You know, I mean, it, I like Gibbs as, as much as, as you do, Jeff. He's, he is a uh, he is a, an enticing player. But the problem is, and you're right, I think that between 18 and 48, where the Lions pick, he sort of goes somewhere right in the middle there. And He's like right in the middle of that, yeah. Yeah. So how do you find yourself, you know, how do you, what do you do? How do you find yourself getting to him? Uh, maybe you trade up um, from 48 to get up to, say, 35 or whatever. Um, I'd be thrilled if they did that. Because I think he's a very you have a four, very forty eight in your second weapon. round next year, and that gets you there. Yeah, yeah, he, he's right. really good. Uh, uh, by the way, this this is a ridiculously talented running back class. Mm-hmm. There are yes. so many guys who are really good prospects who are better than a lot of teams have right now. Uh, it, it's including the Lions because Let's... I mean Jamal. We don't know if Jamal's coming back. We don't know if Justin Jackson is coming back. Craig Reynolds, as much as I love Craig, has proven to be kind of just a guy, maybe a little bit better than that, no, but not, not, not worthy of not replacing. Do we think that the replacing. Lions are sort of out on Swift when it comes time, just because of the injuries and some of the other stuff going on? I mean, I do. When it comes time, yeah. I want to see how he blends with Scotty Montgomery because I think one of the reason one of the reasons why DeAndre hasn't thrived is because he and and Deuce just didn't mix. And I want to see how he handles a different coach and, and a different voice in his ear. And he, he he has enough talent that he deserves that benefit of the doubt. But he's oh, yeah. got to prove that better right away. And Otherwise, that's he won't because be, he's got he he's got a year left, Detroit. right, Riz? He's got a year left. Yeah, he does. So yeah. when it's time, the, the decision will be made, and they're not going to. I'm certain they're not going to sign him in this offseason to any kind of extension. He's got to play this no, year. And he's got to show God, no. he's no. got the dog in yeah. him. So all right, I'm going to do but a little I mean, traffic cop in here. Completely different. When he's going, oh, yeah. and when he's right, their offense he, is is a different offense. It just they're, is. They're dying inside. They're dying inside because all the time, hey, you see what Swaggy did there? It's like, yeah, but what if that was Swift? Swift gets that. That's a touchdown. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. they keep saying. They know what he's got. But we talked about, right, one of the key abilities, availability. And if you're not, yeah. what good are you to me at that point? So are you I hurt gotta, or are you and, injured kind of stuff? There, yeah, exactly. There's a difference between being hurt and being injured, and DeAndre has not found where that line is very well. Yep, yep, yeah. absolutely. All right, I, I want to really quick, I got to say thanks to Pat D. Pat, thank you, sir, for that super chat. Number one, rah, rah, fans, so pumped for the future. Brad and Dan will get the right people in the door. Best damn show and source of Lions information out there. You're right, we are. No, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate you uh, doing that super chat like that. That's, that means a lot. Uh, Pat That's D, nice. love thank him. You. 
Um, I do want to do a little traffic cop in here because I know we all have bedtimes. So um, we're, we're running a little bit behind where we need to be. So I'm going to try to put a little pressure oh on. God, I can't wait to sleep. <laughs> Riz, give me one more running back quick. Okay. Scott, we're going to move on and get your running back. We got Zach we got- Charbonnet. <laughs> Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. It rhymes. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Okay. Charbonnet is a nice call. Um, we could talk Bijan if you want real quick. Sure. Um, do it. I thought for he it. tested really well for what I was expecting. I did not think he was going to be a sub 4-4 four, four guy. His game is all predicated on balance and uh, just fluidity and just agility and, again, balance, never getting tackled, uh, being super decisive, and his feet are just amazing. Like, his footwork is absolutely ridiculous. You know? Yep. I think he's the best running back to enter the NFL in, in many years. I, I, I agree. I think he's, he's, he's a force and he would do great on this Lions team with this line. I, I, I love the idea. It's the hardest part though, is to put that kind of treasure into that position. And that's the thing that like, I'm. I, it's, yeah. it's the wrestle job that, that comes with the draft and what, what makes being an armchair GM versus an actual GM so much easier because it doesn't cost you your job when you get it wrong. Um, but Bijan is a guy that you would absolutely love to have on this team. Is he the guy that's going to push him over the top with so many other needs and places that you want this team to be? I mean, you're, you're not drafting for next year only, although especially in the first round, you are drafting for immediate use, but you're talking two, three, four years down the road. What do these guys mean to the team? And if, you know, Bijan, that, that position in four years, is it worth the treasure you spent versus, and I'm just going to go to edge, right? I mean, your edge is still going to be what your edge was when you drafted him. If you spent that high pick on him in four years, that you're going to continue to get that kind of value out of him, more certainly at least than you will out of out of a running back. So the, to me, the, it's the thing it's with this, the running back. Go ahead, Jeff. I'll, I'll say it quick. Um, the difference between what Bajan offers you at six or eighteen, and I have no clue where he's going to get drafted, and that's one of the takeaways that I had from Indianapolis. Is nobody knows where he's going. <laughs> Between what he offers you and what Jameer Gibbs or um, Ty J Spears or any number of other running, even his backup, Roshan Johnson, who I think is a very good prospect, the difference in the bang for the buck for what is between those two with the offensive line that the Lions have is really freaking small. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's true. Um, it's. Uh, you know, <laughs> the, so the decision is if you draft Bijan in round one, you almost have to commit yourself to, to we are not signing him to a second contract. Therefore, yes. it reduces the upside of the pick, right? But what he's going to do for four or five years for you is give you elite production and therefore bolstering the value of the pick and how how the Lions determine and figure out which way they want to go about this is going to be – that's why they make lots of money to do these things because, you know, um, you could find yourself going down either one of those roads. And, uh, you know, I just – I think nowadays you can't, you can't re-sign and extend running backs past their first contract. You just can't. But I'm look, not look sure that the Giants have done with Saquon. Like – 
I know, but is Giant, I Giants, know that Giants fans great. hate Saquon right now. Look what the Lions did with Swaggy. <laughs> I don't know that's a great move, <laughs> but it just yeah. I'm not sure there's another player yeah. at another position who's going to give you the production that you know you're getting for four or five years from him. So it's tough. That that one is tough with Bijan. That was yeah. tough. Yep. yep. All right, we're going to move on to the next position. Definitely six round pick for Riz. Tight end Riz. Who you grabbing? <laughs> Who who's the tight ends that jumped out at you at the combine? Payne Durham. He was great at the Senior Bowl. He was great mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. Not not a dynamic athlete. He is an ideal number two tight end. That's all the Lions want. I'll keep that one short. There you go. All right, Bish. What do you what, have at tight end uh, since it's the big spot for you? So the two two for me. Obviously, there's there's one that's going to go way too soon. So if we don't want to talk about him, we only have to. Is Darnell Washington. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's oh put him cemented, he's he so himself fun. Yeah. I know it's in, in, in his game is ridiculous. Uh, the most impressive thing he, he ran in the four sixes, which is crazy. He ran that short shuttle or the three cone, whatever it was amazingly well. Um, but the way he pushed the sled in relation to everybody else yes. was a demonstration of yes. just how much functional power he has. Yeah. Cause Everybody else, if they were taking those long strides, the the sled was going to turn, and he's got the core strength and the functional power to keep that thing going in a straight line while taking those long strides. It was super, super impressive. Um, So it's Darnell Washington, obviously, and then Sam Laporta from Iowa was, uh, to me, his workout was really eye-opening, really eye-opening. I, I don't know. Showed a lot more than he did at Iowa, didn't he? <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. So he's a high volume player at Iowa, but like everybody, everything else coming out of Iowa, like I don't, it's confusing. It's just, yes. you know, like, you know what I mean? Yes, like please. he's almost in between positions because is he this super fluid, elite, tight end athlete guy? No. Um, is he going to help you as an inline blocker? Absolutely not. <laughs> right. So, so what do you do with them? And I think in some ways uh, he might be a very nice number two option, uh, a guy who can help you a lot as a volume pass catcher, but that's about it. Uh, I think he runs really good routes. I just don't know exactly how you would deploy him. But I yeah. thought he had a really good worker. There you go. He did. All right, we're going to roll right through the tight end to off-ball linebacker. Uh, any linebacker, really. Here's his favorite positions. Um, what are we thinking, Ed? Um, Scott, we'll go back to you, linebacker. Who's the the guys that stand out for you? So there were two. Uh, one, one is super simple. is Trenton Simpson. He's a, he's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he is. I mean, I think he's got explosive movements and all, you know, all those things. It's just, to me, it's not totally clear what – you would be doing with him on a down-to-down basis. And maybe that's not a bad thing. I think you'd, you'd have to be moving him around and, and kind of taking advantage of of, of situations. Um, Jeff, I know you wrote a piece on him, so I'm sure you're a little more familiar with what his game is. Uh, D. Winters, I thought, looked really good Ooh. for um, a little bit undersized. He, it may be a little redundant to – to Malcolm Rodriguez, but still, uh, really strong workout and a, and a player who um, versatility to play kind of in inside outside. Uh, I think he's a future will line a linebacker. 
Um, that's just kind of, but I thought his workout was great. He looked good. All right. Riz, I agree. tell me why you're all in on Trenton Simpson and drop the mic. <laughs> You'll need to read the lion's wire piece for that one, Chris. What? Uh, the lion's wire. Tell me about that. I tell you what, man, I, I really, really enjoyed Trenton Simpson's interview at the podium. I didn't enjoy watching him miss tackles at a very high rate in college. Mm -hmm. His So one of the things that I look at, and this is sort of my own methodology, is I look at solo tackles versus missed tackles. Last season, Clemson charted him with 41 solo tackles and 14 missed tackles. If you think Alex Anzalone has a problem tackling, you ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the problem is, and, and I put, I wrote this out, he doesn't have body control. He flies past the point of attack, and he winds up trying to arm tackle people, and they, they, break, his, they break his arm tackles. Have we ever seen and that It's an from endemic a problem for him, and that is not something that can be coached. That's have just that's who he is. Have we ever seen that from a linebacker before in Detroit? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> my my comp for him that I came to was Ernie Sims. Mm. What? Ugh. Now I I like I like Trenton Ernie Sims. Ernie Sims needed subtitles because he talks so southern, like nobody could understand him. <laughs> Ernie um, Sims was such Trenton a is crazy. a very Trenton is a very smart and erudite gentleman, uh, and he's got a great background and he's easy to root for. But there are flaws to his game that scare me. Uh, the other thing is, is that if he's not looking at the receiver, he has no clue where the receiver is. He just doesn't have that yeah. spatial awareness and coverage. And that, that's very yeah, problematic. So for, a guy who has for that, as people have died on him. him I, I think he's a project. I do. Yeah. He, he's, a, know, like, he's certainly a day two player, if not a day three player. And he's being trumpeted yeah. as a potential at 18. I would pray yeah. to God that nobody takes him in the first 40 picks. Uh, he's not there. Mm -hmm. He's not. One, so Clemson figured it out that, that Jeremiah Trotter is better than him and moved Simpson out of that starring role because Trotter was better at it. So just wait a couple of years and take Trotter. My thought. Yeah, there you go. I like Dion Henley. I like him a lot. Loved him in, in, in Mobile. Yeah. Loved him at the Combine. This is a guy, this is another guy, smart guy off the field, um, has has a lot of the skills that, that you want, was the literally the best coverage cor coverage linebacker in college football last year. The way he does it, it translates to the NFL very well. Uh, if he's there at 49, run the card up. That's what we're looking. That's, that's what we're looking important. for, is that is that kind of a linebacker. And then I'll just tell you, when you talk about how smart he was, the difference is, like when we talked to Hendon Hooker, right, super smart. But obviously, coached into answers, very polished, very mechanical, and very much a PR yeah. machine. Henley was just smooth on his own. He he didn't have all that, yeah. and if he did, you couldn't tell. He was so real and so down to earth, and and I mean, just freaking tack sharp. The guy, I mean, impressive as hell to see. I liked his answers a hundred times more than I liked Hooker's answers. And no, mostly because and, they and were we authentic. Like yeah, yeah, oh yeah, totally, yeah. totally loved him. But they were authentic, and it's that authenticism that that he that shows through to kind of show you exactly what kind of a person he is. Love Henley, I absolutely do. And Riz, credit to you for putting him on the radar, man, because he was he was a guy, and he became kind of the, one of the guys after after that. It was crazy. 
All right, let's let's zip through linebacker if you don't mind, and go to sure. probably the strongest class of players in this combine. The wide receivers, man, they stunned everybody. Walked away saying, first ten picks, all wide receivers. I think that's where we all landed. Um, Riz, tell us which of the wide line of the wide receivers you think is going number one overall. <laughs> I like oh, Zay Flowers. I think his game yeah. is very good. I think he tested very well for a shorter slot guy he he was fun and and he he was quick to point out that he did play 75 percent of his snaps on the outside at boston college with not the best quarterback situation not the best offensive scheme i don't think the lions are taking a, a wide receiver before the third round and he's going to be gone he's, he's probably a first round pick like borderline for a second so but he's he's fun man. he's he's a good player um go a little bit later is a guy that we've talked about in the slack a little bit jonathan mingo from old miss guy that we saw at the senior bowl as the quintus cephas replacement i think he's very good in that capacity as your number four number five wide receiver a guy who can make things happen after the catch not with dynamic athleticism but with power and determination and he did that at old miss and i think he can do that in the nfl too yeah, really quick. Uh, thank you. No, Stradamus. Love the Henley interview at the Senior Bowl. If you haven't seen it, definitely go back and check out our Senior Bowl coverage. We had a great interview with uh, with Henley. Also, Loretto, thank you for the super chat, man. Uh, it came up. I didn't mention it. Guys, when's your next fan engagement? Like a meetup, Greek Town Casino to eat, drink and gamble. I don't know. I'm going to be in town the end of this month, I believe. Maybe we'll just get together and do like a lunch and beer somewhere or something like that. Maybe we'll just put something together like on the fly. Um, all right, let's uh, go, Scott, Mr. B. What do you have, uh, wide receiver? I know you, you don't think anyone's going to be left at, at number six, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> all that talent. No, 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 no. <laughs> Later, guys. Uh, Charlie Jones, I, I thought, had a fantastic workout. For Purdue. For, had a good, yeah. yeah. For what his game is, um, which is a little speed, little quickness, good route runner, all that stuff. He's kind of like what Buffalo's been missing. Uh, mm. Dallas is missing that a little bit. Like just as just a yes. dude who's going to be open, right? Like, um, and nothing that you have to spend premium capital on. I thought he looked good. And then the other guy, I just don't know what to do with it. But his combine workout was so ridiculous. Is Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia? Um, I know um, he's got fun Watson went bananas last year yep. Yep. and his combine performance was electric. Yeah. Wheaton's was too at six, three or six, whatever he was and 220 pounds to run the way he ran. Uh, very impressive. Now with him, you know, he, he's more of a big and fast uh, dominate yeah. at the catch point player. Um, yep. Seems like that's kind of gone away a little bit over the last few years. I mean, Kenny Galladay was great at that. So if Broy- if Matt Stafford plays this year, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton might be a great option for the Rams, uh, you know, later in the draft. But he's – I don't I think he's really good at contested <laughs> catches. And he is obviously a very big and fast, all that stuff. I was surprised at just how much. And then it's why haven't you been very productive – and I think it's because he's a, re- a really um, – he lacks refinement and details in his route running. And I'll, that's trying to be nice. 
<laughs> right? I'm like, not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that I know much about his coaching that he got at West Virginia, but I'm gonna guess that he's probably not too complimentary about it. <laughs> probably, but yes, he's very lacking in in the details and the nuances of route running. So his game is, I'm going to run by you. The ball will eventually be over underthrown. I will then have to bully you and make a catch at the you know contested catch deal, and that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. Who was the guy but, from Baylor that went to the Jets in the second round? Was that a couple of years ago? He's the same guy. Um, what was it Mims? Right, Denzel, Denzel Mims. Mims. Yeah. Mims. Yes. yes. Yeah. The, yeah. A lot of a lot of similarities there. Yeah. So so yeah, he's like a sure. he's a fast but not quick guy. It seems like, right? I mean, he's just like his split was was not spectacular, but his 40 was good. Uh, his three cone yes. was really good. His shuttle, really good. I mean, athletically, he he's he's that kind of guy that is is kind of a downfield receiver. Like you said, I mean, I, you worry about what's going to happen after he has to make a cut or make a move, right? What's what's that going to do to his separation? And, and and I think your Galladay comparison is actually a really good one. I mean, that's, that's going to be some spectacular catches down the field over defenders. Yep. It's pretty sweet. He He's got a, his, his highlight reel is worth watching his full games. Not so much. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's the perfect way to put it. <laughs> you will fall asleep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, so wide receiver cover. We're down to the last piece, one that you know everybody's excited about. Um, talking about that quarterback, and I think you know we talked about it a little earlier, but um, I want to really quick hit that. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. We appreciate it when you do that. It's free to do. You're watching. We're reading the information. Hard working. Look at Scott. This the sweat running down his his brow. Riz over here is is, oh, yeah. is barely awake. I mean, he's he's been grinding away. Me, I'm, I'm beautiful. What are you going to do? But we're working hard here. For you. <laughs> hit the hit that like, hit the subscribe, please. We appreciate when you do that. It helps support us and helps other people find the show and helps us do the things that we want to do, like go to the combine and show up in uh, Detroit and drink with you guys. All right. Quarterbacks overall. Let's I've talked quarterback enough with Riz. Let's start with Bish. Let's get a, a little bit of a different, <laughs> a different wrinkle. So. Richardson's combine workout was ridiculous. We don't need to talk about it anymore, right? Yep. CJ Stroud mm-hmm. was yeah. um won. as advertised. I mean, if we if you consider that he's been sort of penciled in as the most naturally accurate thrower in this class, that was on display mm-hmm. like big yeah. time. And one of the things you guys have been at the Senior Bowl. You know what it's like. You don't necessarily go to the Senior Bowl and 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 bitch about uh, quarterbacks being inaccurate with receivers they've never thrown to before. It's just it's you just don't do that. It's like you got to give them a little bit of grace. And the same thing happens at the combine. But what does show up is anticipation. Mm-hmm. So when you look at C.J. Stroud's uh, throwing performance. It was remarkable. It was just at how he anticipated their their route breaks and then was able to just deliver throw after throw after throw. Super, super accurate player. I mean, like, I don't think there's another player in this. There's no other quarterback who throws even – well, Young's accurate too, but not like Stroud is. He is. And 
you know, Stroud is um, so was, easily quarterback one for me. So yeah. easily quarterback one for me. Yep. It's not. It's I really just, not close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get over the idea that he's not going to be, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes creating plays outside the structure, yeah, because the things that he does well, it's very obvious to see. It's not. It's not like you need to do a lot of work to dig, to dig in and see where he wins. It's very obvious where he wins, and that's with accuracy. He, he, it's kind of important. He can be Joe, he, he can be Joe Burrow. He can be. Oh man, what was the comp that I had? Oh man, somebody told it to me in Indian. I'm, I told him I'd co-opt it, and I I forgot who it was, but man. I'm tired. Forget it. He's, he's quarterback one for me pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and if he's there at six and they don't take him, I'm going to be sad. I'll he's be plug sad and play man. in I'm this offense. On camera. He's plug and play in this offense. And and I oh, tell you, yeah. you, you somehow <laughs> yeah. wind up with Stroud on this team. I guarantee Ben, you've got him for at least three years because he wants to be the guy that develops CJ Stroud into that champion quarterback. And then, Ben can go do whatever he wants for as much as he wants. Period. I mean, I mean, that's you put a combination like that together, you really, really have something special. Uh, Stroud, yeah, I'm with understanding you. of how to deliver the ball on time and exactly to where the receiver needs it is as good as any quarterback that's come out in a long time. Yep, a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's really, he's really good. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was he he has his warts. He definitely has sure. his warts, but he's to, to me he is he's right there with with the Andrew Lux of the world in that realm of player. Um, now, now the context there is that I wasn't super. I wasn't as high on it. I didn't think Andrew Luck was a generational talent. I thought he was going to be a good player for a long time, and uh, he was yeah. a very good player for a short time. Uh, Stroud can Stroud can do that. And two I, quick, uh, I, so Stroud, he, he's so easily number one for me. Quick, two quick things from it's the a, chat. It's an interesting thing. I would be asking him specifically about both Michigan games and the Northwestern game this year, because in those games there were moments of almost Jay Cutler like behavior um, on the sidelines. It was weird, and I don't know what that was about. It would just be it would be something I would ask. Like, what's what happened? What's going through your head coming off the field here where you walk to the end of the bench and you don't talk to anybody and you end up having a conversation with the athletic director? <laughs> like <laughs> what what happened? Yeah, that's you know? weird, isn't um, it? Yeah. It was a little odd, especially Northwestern. That one was really bizarre. Um that game was played in a monsoon, so all bets are off on that one. Quick, yeah. Quick Maybe they were asking him, why, why are you throwing the ball, was it 36 times in a game where the, the wind never got below 40 miles per hour? Yeah. Ryan quick, yeah, quick, it was just it was a strange set of events. But, but quick uh, piece from you know. the chat here. Uh, JP, he looks like the Predator, too. The cool kind, not the Deshaun Watson kind. So we, I think we can look at that and, and say that's a good <laughs> thumbs up. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Stroud is it. Okay, we, we've we've talked Richardson to death. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, JP, good one. Um, we've talked Richardson to death. Anybody else that really, really jumps out that you say, this is a guy we, we have to have if we're the Detroit Lions and he's available? I, I mean, I, I think Bryce Young gets there. 
Ooh, we've got yeah, a hooker late. Too. We've got a hooker late and Bryce Young early. So, Go ahead, Bryce Young over Young just scares me at his at size. Yeah, there's I'm more to it than that. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I just, I mean, I, he is, he's a very polished player. Um, can you overcome him being 5'10? And there's no way he played in the 190s. There just isn't. He played it, he uh, played at 187. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, that's exactly what I was told. Um, so at yeah. five ten and a half and one hundred and eighty seven pounds, are yeah, are you sold on that player enough to take him at six if he falls to you at six? And it's just like are you gonna buy into this um a guy that's literally a black swan? Like this is like a dude who's um I don't know that there's anybody who's been that small. Uh, drafted that high, you know, at that position. So are you are you doing that? And I don't know. But as far as like his play on the field and all those things, I, I think he's a really good quarterback. It's just the size is killer. Um, Levis did some things that both made me a little more comfortable with him, but also brought up more questions, which is never great. Um, the ball comes out pretty. You know, he throws a nice ball. It's just Dude, his exit velocity you know, is ridiculous. <laughs> it's so Oh yeah, I mean impressive. he's got a cannon. And it's and he's super toolsy. So I could see a team really, really falling for what he could potentially become. But there's so much uh variance in his play, snap to snap stuff, where it's just like, I don't know, you know. But yeah, I'm I thought Stroud was awesome. I really did. All right. Let's great. talk about Risden's uh, infatuation with hookers. Um, I, I mean, He and I both are very much um, aligned with the idea, just the way things are looking. The Lions probably sign a veteran backup, and they probably draft a backup. Hendon Hooker, I'm all in as the drafted backup for that probably the reality of the Detroit Lions points at Riz. He's a guy we we talked to him. He was great, and yes, he's polished. Yes, he's got he's got all those things. He's plug and play. You know, you talk about Should what do you 25. want. Twenty <laughs> well, five. You talk about what you want for your backup quarterback. It's if your guy goes down, can he finish a game to win or win a game that he has to play in the season and not lose your season for you? And I think Hendon Hooker, once healthy, Hooker brings that. that to the Detroit Lions. Riz, share your can. his Give leadership is off the charts, and opponents of Tennessee talked about his leadership and his will and his competitiveness. Uh, don't think that's lost on the Lions. Uh, and this is a guy that you would take with your second, second round pick with the understanding that he's not going to play in 2023. And yeah. your backup quarterback is Cooper Rush or Andy Dalton or Gardner Minshew or name. Teddy Bridgewater. Te- Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett's probably too expensive, but he'd be even better. Um, so yeah. Guys like that, not Baker Mayfield. Please, no Baker Mayfield. Please, John Dorsey, no Baker Mayfield. Please, I beseech you. Um, and I like Baker Mayfield. I just really, really, really don't like him in Detroit. <laughs> I do think that Baker Mayfield is due for a rebound bounce back somewhere where he shoves shoves all that up someone's ass, but uh, I, I don't think it's going to be in Detroit. Um, 
Hooker, Hooker to me is is very nice in that range, and again, he is polished and he is mature. But that isn't that kind of what you want. Like this is a guy that you're not going to have to sit. Well, obviously because he's hurt, he's going to sit. But if he were healthy, like you could see him going right in right away. I think he's better than Kenny Pickett as a prospect. Pickett was the first quarterback last year. Mm-hmm. I think he's a better yeah. prospect than Will Levis. Yeah, and. Uh, Will Lewis too often reminds me that Sean Clifford beat his ass out at Penn State, and Sean Clifford sucks. So it's amazing, isn't it? I'm, I'm kind of out on him. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Yeah. It's amazing. So, um, how that happened? Yeah. Um, later on in the draft, and I will say this not because I'm a fan, but because the Lions have certainly kicked these tires, and that is Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. Um, just be aware that the Lions have kicked his tires quite a bit. I don't know if anything will come of it. I don't know if they like him or not, but they've certainly kicked those tires. Yep. And well, he uh, fits it makes very me go back well to the with film their quarterback. Similar, similar play style. Yes. Yes, he yes. does. He he is sort of golf the lesser. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they want. All right. Well, gentlemen, we did. We definitely went long on this, but I, I really appreciate it. Scott, thanks for joining in. It was great. I can't wait till Sunday. Our free agent. Knockdown, drag out. We'll talk Thanks about what's available, where things are going. Oh, God, anytime, man. I love joining you guys. It's good. It's, it's awesome. always a great conversation, man. All right. So we're going to let you get going, Scott, and do your do your thing. Riz and I have to do some Lamar talk before the end of the show. Otherwise, there's going to be tip torches and pitchforks have, running. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Scott Bishop. Yeah, your, quick, your, quick thought, your quick thought on Lamar before you leave. Um. Put you on the spot. So I, it's going to be complicated because if you sign if you sign this dude to all this guaranteed money, you have to you have to come up with the money. You it's it has to go in escrow immediately, and it's kind of an under the radar thing. Like the Browns had to put a couple hundred million dollars in escrow immediately. Are the Lions willing to do that for Lamar Jackson? But in a in a perfect world, if you're giving up pick eighteen, and next year's late later, you know, first round pick and trading golf for what I think you could get likely a first and a third. Um, so is it reasonable to think that you're giving up pick 18, you know, and golf to get Lamar and then you have to pay Lamar? Yeah, that seems like a discount from what, from what like Denver paid for Russell Wilson and what, you know, uh, Deshaun got or what the Browns paid for for Deshaun. But um, you have to pay him. So uh, I would do it. I would I would think that it would be logical to do it. It takes – the winning window is open right now. And if you put Lamar Jackson as their quarterback, I think the Lions are really challenging in the NFC. Like seriously challenging. But – that's just my perspective on the difference between Lamar and Goff. And I understand that, you know, it is that whole thing is what it is, but there you go. Any worries about injuries? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's worries about injuries for all of them though. You know, um, you know, pocket uh, quarterbacks who stay in the pocket tend to suffer more significant injuries than quarterbacks who run. Uh, quarterbacks who run tend to get dinged up more, but the injuries aren't quite as long. So there's a little bit of that. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is as Lamar Jackson gets older, his running ability is going to get reduced. So then you have to rely upon his his ability to play traditional quarterback. And, you know, I, I it's, it's complicated, but um, it's rare that these guys end up available, and it just seems like he's available at a discount. There you go. All right, Scott, have a great night, man. Thank you, and we will see you Sunday you for the big free agency Sunday. show. All right, brother. Yep. Good. All right, Sounds we'll good. see you. All right, Scott Bischoff, off he goes. Oh, you and me, Riz. Oh, a little bit of Moon River going. Okay. You want to uh, sing with me? <laughs> All right, let me Let's see. Let's talk Lamar, shall we? Or yes. do you need to do something first? No, I just got to get us to the Lamar. There we go. Should line straight for Lamar Jackson. There we go. Um, Oh my God. Do you want to go? I can't believe, so, so as I'm doing the huge show today, I get an email. As you know, Chris, I get a crap ton of emails from gambling sites that are promoting their stuff. And I opened the email, and it was from Bet Online, one of their ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And I look at it, and it's odds for the next team for Lamar Jackson isn't the Ravens. And the Lions are at the top. And yeah. not only are they at the top, but they're three to one, and the next team is like eight to one. So I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I will say, I went to the Slack after I got home, and our guy Greg um, got done crossfitting and doing driving his Ridgeline home, and he pointed out that (laughs) Greg, I love you, man. Sorry, I had to give you some shit though. There's a bullshit. (laughs) There you go. That's for Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The casinos make money by playing up and I wish I could record it and I don't have slack on my computer at the moment. <laughs> he basically said that everybody knows that the lions are in the market for a potentially new quarterback, or there's that perception that's out there that they're that, and they're playing on that and they're suckering you in with that sort of money. Yep. Um, and even though it's only a three to one loss on them, it's, it's going to get a lot more action than it would at 12 to one or 20 to one. So Greg, I think you're 100% correct on that. hundred percent. Yep. And uh, I don't think that the lions are seriously interested in trading for Lamar Jackson. One of the things I don't think that that's, I think in the slack Ash said it and it was, it's the, 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 the guy who represents himself is the guy that I'm most terrified of because he has all kinds of gaps in his ability to evaluate his talents. Uh, that's, that's what that screams. It absolutely screams. And he said it a little differently, probably more eloquently just from the Canadian education system being in, in yeah, his favor. Ash but, is really freaking smart. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, no, that's, and, and that's it. And the other thing about Lamar is, you know, yeah, Hey, he could get injured. Lamar has an injury history. Right. And 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 then he, he sits out a, a year and he's a little bit older. And, I, and again, I don't th- I, I'm all in on. I understand you can get value, get the first round back for golf. I just availability is one of the things that I'm I'm, I'm super nervous about with with him. And, and we will. I know we'll have the conversation about mobile versus pocket quarterbacks. And I mean, in, in the standard, sure. Compare our line to the standard. You know, there's there's all kinds of things to that. And then, like I said, we can, we can have that conversation at some point. Ra- but- Ravens have a pretty good offensive line. And the thing mm-hmm. to point out about Lamar is that his latest injury happened in the pocket. Yeah. He mm-hmm. got whacked. And so this is, there's a plus and a minus. This. The plus is, is that he was standing in the pocket and trying to deliver from the pocket because that was what the play called for. 
The minus is, is that the Ravens all to a man thought he was going to come back and he didn't. That's not wearing a grit hat, ladies and gentlemen. Nope, nope, nope. And that's absolutely it. Now, now maybe he was preserving himself because, because he is an agent on his own and acting in his own interest. Maybe he was like, I don't want to get hurt any worse, or I don't want to have a bad game because I'm rusty. Here's an, interesting, here's an that's, interesting question from Don H. Logical. And I, my, I'll, I'll throw my answer out. Who would you rather have, Hertz or Lamar? And I'm in on Hertz. I would probably take Hertz as well. Yeah. Now, I will say, when you get to the Goff versus Lamar situation, would I rather pay Goff $42.5 million, hypothetically versus paying Lamar $50 million, hypothetically? I'm in the Lamar camp. But, and it's a very important but, that's not necessarily for Detroit. Like, this Lions offense, and I explained this on the huge show today, is so tailored and so specified to what Jared Goff does well. Yeah. And what Jared Goff does well is not what Lamar Jackson does well. So that means you're going to have to ask your line to be different. You're going to have to exactly. ask Amon Ra and your receivers to do things differently than they have been doing successfully. And I don't think that with with not even with the cost involved in it. I don't think that's a good idea. I think you're you're so schemed to a golf-like quarterback that bringing in a guy like Lamar changes the dynamics so much. It could go kablooey in your face, and that's a very real risk. And it also comes at a very significant cost, both draft capital and pocketbook. That I I'm not there with that. I I can't do it. So even though I think that Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. I can't do it. Really quick, Wisco. That was Risden that said pocketbook. Just kind of put that in there. Um, so <laughs> pocketbook is a know. is a is a thing for him. Um, it, it reminds him of his oh his yes great grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I picked it up from. I used it a lot, like a year ago, and he got all up in my crap. And I'm like, man, I'm just I'm challenging my grandma. Sorry, right? And then you used it, so I, I just I just had to grab a hold of that really quick. Um, yeah, no, my Davenport. Watch the rest. Davenport is the best. Thank you. Um, no, I, I, I think, I think you're, you're, you're like, what? <laughs> this is the piece that people I think really, really don't see is the effect on the offensive line. Right. Uh, okay. I, I can throw back to Barry Sanders. You talk to the guys that blocked for Barry Sanders. They had no idea what the hell was going on. They like kind of did what they did and then sort of looked around and like tried to get in the way of somebody that wasn't Barry. That was basically their whole, their whole job. Lomas told us that on the air. Yeah. Yeah. You take a completely different schematic, you know, quarterback schematically and the guys that have been built up and honed and, 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 and pulled in for specific skill sets that fit. It's, it's a lot bigger than just the quarterback. And, and it's, you're absolutely right. Riz, about the, 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 the kind of cascading effect on players. It is potentially possible that a guy, even, even Richardson, that's a guy like if, if I were to pull him in, I'm, I'm, if we, if he winds up in Detroit, my play on Richardson is pocket pass your first year. We're going to, what we're going to do is we're actually going to run a little bit of that two quarterback scheme and you're going to play three plays a game and you're going to pocket pass two and you're going to run one and that's it. Right. I mean, that's what I need out of you. Cause the, cause we've got to redo a whole lot to get you in there and, in, in, in showcase your talents. And, and I just, there's so much more to it than just throwing that Boy, guy back strong. there. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That's I'm, I'm you and I couldn't be closer on that. If I could somehow pull CJ Stroud in here, I would be out on golf immediately. And and I know that's crazy for a, like you said, for a guy that he has warts, but golf has warts too. I just think Stroud is that good and, and will be that good and, and fits the scheme perfectly for the lions. And the, and the treasure we could get for Jared Goff out of that is an ideal kind of situation. And, and I am so down with that, but it's again, it's all crazy talk because he's just not going to be here, man. He's just not going to be here. I, I would be very, very shocked. Uh, so it happened, and I did a podcast last night, uh, The Draft Bros. Check it out. Uh, it was good. It was fun. I had fun with those guys, with with Jeff and Dan. Uh, Stroud was there at 6. Uh, they, we ran a, a PFF simulation drafter. <laughs> really, really, the guys, CJ Stroud, I don't care who else is on the board. Give me that. That's what I want. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Oh man, Riz, that was a good show. That, that was a good show. If you want to, you want to get your last point in, I won't shut you off. No, I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just happy that we agree on Stroud because I really like that player. I think he's yeah. going to be a very good player in the NFL. I think he I think of all the quarterbacks, he is both the highest floor and has a ceiling that I think is higher than most fans want to see. Yeah, um, certainly fans in Michigan who hate him just because he played in Columbus. Yeah, and you all got to get past that. <laughs> You really yeah. got to get past that. <laughs> and for people that are looking for the argument uh, at quarterback, you're going to have to take some some hard to swallow pills. <laughs> I, I would say that if you switch the roles and CJ Stroud played at Alabama and Bryce Young played at Ohio State, there's not a person in Michigan that wouldn't think that that CJ Stroud is the best player period in this draft. And Bryce Young would probably be a late first or early second round pick. Yeah, yeah. Projecting there on on Michigan fans, I don't know. I, I, I don't mean that maliciously. I just think that based on my experience with interacting with y'all, that's where you're at. And yeah. don't scout the helmet, scout the player. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And the one thing that I want—I did want to say this about uh, Bryce Young, um, and I did say it in the Slack, and I—I I said it with more profundity there than I can say now. But Perfect. he was phenomenal at the end of the LSU games and the Tennessee games. One of the reasons why he had to be was because he stunk the rest of those games. And if you go back and watch their semifinal game against Cincinnati, a team that could get pressure on him from multiple places, he did not play well and he did not handle that pressure well. Same thing happened against Georgia. There are warts to his game that y'all don't want to see because you love him because he's from Alabama and not from Ohio State. And if he... If he did those things at Ohio State, y'all would not be in on him nearly as much as you are. And I just want to caution folks, scout the player, don't scout the helmet, and don't just cherry pick things. If you cherry pick Anthony Richardson, you can find games where he's phenomenal. Utah, he's the number one pick in the draft. Utah, if, if oh my God, he was incredible. And, and 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 people that say, oh, and he didn't have anyone Kentucky to throw and to. He looks- anyone, the people that say he didn't have anyone to throw to. Go watch Utah. He had all kinds of people to throw to. They looked amazing. His wide receivers looked amazing against Utah. Everybody looked great against Utah. Right? That's now go play Florida Sewell State. Was playing linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that, was, that, that was Oregon. Sorry. Different Sewell. I'm, I'm right. so out on Noah Sewell. That, that's yeah. another one, just to be real quick. If his last name wasn't Sewell and Nobody it was July, there is an Alliance fan alive that would want him anywhere near Allen Park. Yeah, yeah. No one would know who he is if his name wasn't Sewell. And that isn't yeah. a that isn't to knock the Sewell family, the Sewell name or whatever. Everybody's got different talents. Panay is incredible at his position. Yes, no, yes. no, sorry. It's just it's just not. It's not there, man. It's really not there. Uh, yeah. 
but I'm excited to talk for agency. I'm I'm sort of this is this is like the last time I'm talking about the combine. I'm doing a show tomorrow night, but that'll be the last time I'm talking about the combine. <laughs> this is the last time that I have to yell at people about the combine, basically, and I like that. Yeah, I'm ready for yeah. free agency, which starts Monday. Tampering period is Monday. They can start signing people on Wednesday. They can sign their own free agents now. They did sign two today, Ross Piercebacher and Anthony Pittman. You're probably not very excited about that. We'll have a lot more to talk about on Sunday when we reconvene with me, Chris, and Scott Bischoff. Yeah, free agency coming. But remember, in the meantime, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You can get into that Slack chat we refer to. It is the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. You want to have a great offseason talk about the Lions with that's respectful, even if you dis- differ. Get in there. Five dollars a month donation gets you to the Slack. It's it's a great group of people. Uh, and and like I said, there's so many channels. We have a mock draft, 32 teams. We need 32 owners. You want to trade with Chicago? With Chicago to get that number one pick, get in there, get to there, join the Slack, be part of it. You can have fun with that. We have a a, a dynasty fantasy league. There's uh, cocktails. There's cooking. There, I mean, you name it. Every subject is covered. Home improvement. The whole thing. We have a cooking um, channel. We do. do. Really? Me too. Sweet. I can get in on that one. <laughs> I've got some good stuff from the Blackstone that I put up in there. My smash burgers are breaking to die for. But the next time you come, I am going to. You're going to give up on your uh, your sugar rush. I'm for I'm that. You. I'm telling you. Uh, Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Five bucks gets you into the Slack. So join us there. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Jeff Risen, as you see under his little face right there. And at DET Lions podcast, get all the latest on the show, what we're doing, and get to see us roaming the world pants free uh, for, you know, those get togethers, all the things we do. You want to come have some beers? You know, keep, keep join us, have some fun. Uh, at DET Lions Podcast. Also, give us a call on Skype. It's Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Or call us on the Lions line at 248 782 8384. It's 248 Rub You Fug. You Fug. <laughs> also, go to Subscribe to the podcast so we, we can do what is it that we do, the Riz? We come into your ear holes automatically. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. I called you the Riz. It's even, you're right, like, there's no other, the Riz. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, and no more combine talk because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week and every week. We appreciate you. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.